In the know for Friday, January 22, the 22nd day of 2021. There are 343 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through in the know at K105. On Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook Watch, on YouTube Live, on Periscope, and the hashtag is in the know coming up today. We update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth. And the country. Sam Gormley stops by with the Cougar Sports Report. Got a big district doubleheader for the basketball teams tonight. And uh, we'll just have some fun. Get ready for the weekend. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In the Know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. It's my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Earlier this week, I asked you uh, if we could identify the angriest state, and we found out it was Alabama. Okay. Do you, I I think it would come as no surprise, I'm not even going to set you up, it's no surprise that Nevada is the most sinful state. Oh, yeah. Okay, but what would be the second most sinful state? You want to take a stab at it to see? Um, Louisiana? Huh, that's a good that's a good guess. I hadn't considered that one. Texas is the second most sinful state, followed by Florida, California, and Georgia. I know really? Misty's Misty's gonna have a theory on why on, <laughs> on why Georgia. <laughs> but uh the least sinful state is Vermont. Well, yeah. They're not doing anything there. They're in all that maple syrup, they're always <laughs> stuck to something. They can't get in any sinfulness because uh they're, they're busy with the maple syrup. She's the pride of Pumpkin Center, the heiress to the great mini burger fortune. She's Vera Wang's arch nemesis and the professional bargain hunter's woman of the year, Misty Henry Thomas. Hey! Yeah, holy ghost! Holy ghost! Big bang Uh, it's Friday. You've got a hypothesis on Georgia's sinfulness? Carpet and hookers. <laughs> Figured it was probably. <laughs> if, if, I mean, but if you, uh, strippers, strip, I'm sorry, not strip hookers. Strip clubs of um, Dalton. I am so sorry, <laughs> there Georgia, is, let me redo. Yeah. According to all of your billboards, <laughs> it seems the only thing you offer outside of peaches <laughs> Don't don't apologize to Georgia after what they did to the Senate. Our carpet strippers. <laughs> yeah, that's carpet good, strippers. They they send all the preachers out to ask about sin. That's how they gather it. They've got all the preachers in Georgia have clipboards. You send a day? Yeah. What'd you do? Okay, let me write that one down. Yep. And then they they publish it in a mm-hmm. in a report. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it goes that's, on a billboard. That's the way. <laughs> Apparently, it works. what we're offering around here. Do you feel better? Do you feel better this morning, um, knowing that we the United States is once again part of the Paris Climate Change Accord. 
I'm one of those people that I am a fan of taking care of the earth. Good. Okay. Well, the president got us back in there today. We're in the Paris Climate Mm -hmm. Change Accord again, Mm -hmm. but they told him it was the Paris Hilton Fan Club, and that's why he signed it real fast. Oh, you let me into that. I like her and her hotels. (laughs) (laughs) I I need into that. Um, (laughs) Bill Clinton Uh getting some grief for sleeping, falling asleep during the inauguration. Joe Biden slept through the entire campaign. I don't know what it really matters. I think it's because he knew Joe had the corner market now and all the girls. <laughs> yeah, I right. I'm yeah. not going to get any action today. Uh, Joe's getting all the attention. But Bernie is the show stealer. I really, I, so I didn't have a lot of time to spend on social media yesterday. But by the time of day that I did, yeah. and realized that the entire day. The Twitter sphere and everything was putting Bernie Sanders into. There he is with the. Hey, he looks like a guy, an old guy from the Muppets. I love it. Right? My favorite one of the day, I think. Oh, so this print is in my office. You all, you all yes. know that this. Uh, I'll put Bernie there. Yeah. Um, this is this my favorite. Is, this is the, great. The one that made me laugh was next to Forrest Gump yep. on the bench in Savannah, but on the moon and then uh, mm-hmm. Dunder Mifflin. Yep. He was in yep. a staff meeting. I mean, you can go on for days. The mittens. Right. Nobody's talked. Maybe today we'll talk about the mittens. I, just, I appreciate the fact he has on mittens. Right. He just looked like he was at his great grandkids' soccer game. Yes. Well, was but they he? scheduled too early on a <laughs> Saturday he at morning. A sporting I, event? I, I guess he. It is I, I, want, I need though to know what he was thinking. <laughs> what goes through your head after you've run for president since 1833 it and you've never me. won? It should have been me. You show up with a paper mask. You yeah. know, some of them had on the fanciest of masks, uh-huh. yeah. uh, some mittens, and a fold-up chair. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a practical guy. Hey, uh, it's pretty pretty modest if you ask me uh weather wise let's get to that real quick quite cold and lows uh, off to the north of us lows in the teens but uh, i think the overnight low i looked ahead at the hourly 22 should be the low for litchfield tomorrow morning about 7 a.m so 10 degrees below freezing but we'll see uh sunday some freezing rain along off to the north rain to the south and uh, we'll see mostly sunny today 41 Cold, mostly clear, 22 tonight, mostly sunny, and 39 for Saturday. We're going to have a rainy Monday, so go ahead and get uh, used to that. No holiday on Monday this week that I'm aware of, unless they've called an emergency holiday that they did not pass along to me. (laughs) Uh, President Biden signed a burst of virus orders and vowed help is on the way. He He got rattled yesterday. He got pressed for the first time by a journalist. Uh, and uh, I think you saw a sign of things to come when Joe Biden doesn't like a question. Mm-hmm. He's going to th- say things like malarkey and give me a break, man, mm-hmm. which is what he said yesterday because <laughs> oh, he didn't like the question. But they came out and said he um, he said 100 million coronavirus vaccinations, COVID-19 vaccinations in 100 days. Well. I am a Grayson County educated mathematics student, and I can tell you I did a little simple math. A hundred million in a hundred days isn't going to get it done. And in fact, I think it's an indication that we've gone from warp speed to turtle speed. You know, driving the old snapper when you learn to drive. Rabbit was fast. Turtle was slow. Right? We've gone turtle. 
at least for what was drawn up. Turtle, turtle. So think about it this way. 100 days, 100 million shots means a yep. million a day. Yep. A million a day, 50 states, 20,000 per state. Mm. 20,000 per state, divide mm. that by, in Kentucky, tw- 120 counties. Yep. All right, when you get it all said and done, you're talking about 166 per county per day in Kentucky. Okay. Now, let's say I'm going to give you four outlets. I'm going to give you, say, throw out the Midway Pharmacies, throw out some clinics, throw out Twin Lakes Regional, throw out. Let's say there are six places you can go and get the COVID-19 vaccination, and we'll even include include the health department in that. That means all they would have to do each is 27 a day. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like we're moving quickly? Mm. No. No, it doesn't. And he sa- he here here's the thing. Two weeks ago, if the president had said this was a good number, the scientists would have gone, listen to the science and blah, blah, blah. But yesterday, this morning, you've got the David Aguses of the world and the Dr. Fauci's of the world saying, well, I mean, I would hope we could do more than 100 million in 100 days, but I don't know. So what they're saying is that's not fast enough. It's not enough, not soon enough. And here's what it is. Help is on the way. So this is what the Biden administration is saying. We're going to get you some help. We're going to do 100 million vaccines in the first 100 days. But I'm also going to use that 100 days to negotiate this $1.9 trillion deal, which has got a bunch of things in it that don't have anything to do with COVID. Mm -hmm. But I want them. And I'm going to trick you into thinking I'm helping you Mm -hmm. while really I am getting the most out of this COVID pandemic that I can possibly get. It is also an unwillingness to give credit or admit that anything was going correctly. Mm-hmm. I told you this morning that I think my theory is already uh, bearing out. Here's here's going to be the silver lining for the Republican Party and those, those Trumplicans, okay, is the fact that now the Democrats are at the helm and they're going to have to – well, they're going to be exposed that some of the things they pushed Trump for or said about Trump was absolutely not true or it was not their true motives. I already have some Democratic friends on Facebook going, wait a minute, where's that college loan forgiveness you were pushing Trump for? You've not mentioned that at all. And where's that money you promised the people to help the people? And they're beginning to see the motives that the, the Democratic Party um, – it, it's not for the people. This, I believe this administration isn't necessarily for the people, it's for them. I was never a Biden fan. You all had better options. I'm not for sure why you didn't choose them. I don't have, um, I, I, well, I think that Biden is the, I think Biden was the only Democrat that could get elected Obviously, of, of the group. But I'm saying if you really wanted somebody who had some good theory and, mm-hmm. and truly for people and had some forward thought and some things that Biden's not even mentioned, you had better options. Let's let's just call it like it is. We our nation cannot I don't know what the running total is on vaccines. I don't have I don't have a daily number on how many vaccines have been put in arms. But here's what I can tell you. If we're a nation of three hundred and fifty million people, all right, give or take, and what you're saying to me is your plan is to take three hundred days to vaccinate 80% of Americans. You're, you're saying you need the rest of this year? He said, oh, it was a big mess. Well, we've been at this for a year, and there were things that were going right. Heck, we came up with a vaccination between March and the end of the year. Right. You're going to tell me you need 300 days 
If you can only do a million a day for the first hundred days, all right, maybe you can ramp that up a little bit, but we you can't spend 300 more days getting Americans vaccinated. It's just not, there will no. be no country here for you to be the president of. And I, and I think the proof in the pudding of my theory is the fact that if you really were for the people and helping people through this virus, you would get to the skinny bill and get your agenda out of it. Yeah, so but they, but they can't seem to? to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. No. The Democrats refuse no, to do they that. No, they got to use it as a lever while they can to <clears> get, what they, get what they want. Uh, Grayson County deputy uh, involved in a uh, line of duty shooting and uh, death of a Caneyville man last night. State police investigating after Grayson County Sheriff's Office deputy uh, and a Caney, uh, uh, shot and killed a Caneyville man last night. Uh, deputies Vincent and Ludkey were informed that an anonymous by an anonymous caller to Grayson County Dispatch reported that a 34 year old Richard uh, Brian Richard Abbott of Caneyville well, could be found at 504 North Main Street in Caneyville. Uh, the reason that uh, the call came in is because Abbott has reportedly displayed a history of violent tendencies. Uh, possession of weapon, weapons and had absconded from his post-incarceration supervision. So they they were sort of on the lookout for him that he hadn't, I'm, I'm going to, these are my terms, hadn't checked in like he was supposed to. And so the uh, deputies then um, arrived at the residence in North Caneyville, just across the railroad tracks. Uh, as soon as I saw the exterior of the home, I didn't even know. I didn't know where. I didn't know. I saw the exterior of the home. I said, "I know exactly where that is," and you do too, don't you, mm-hmm. Misty? Uh, Vincent and Ludke, uh, there was mm-hmm. a um, an altercation, some kind that occurred, resulting in uh, Vincent shooting Abbott twice, according to uh, mm-hmm. sources. And the details of what led to the shooting, not yet released by the state police. Uh, also president, the residence was Abbott's mother. And, of course, you would imagine a coroner, sheriff, uh, lots of people on the scene late last night. State police were uh, requested to come in and take over the investigation. So uh, medical examiner's office for an autopsy today and more details when we have it. But that's the uh, big headline of the morning here on the local level. A record number of COVID deaths reported in Frankfurt yesterday, the deadliest day at 58 Mm. new deaths. 3,728 new cases reported, 338,034 total cases since the beginning of the pandemic. The rolling seven-day positivity rate remained below 12% for the sixth straight day. Metric fell from 11.29 on Wednesday to 11.05, so headed in the right direction. Occasionally, you'll see, if you look at the COVID-19 incidence rate map, occasionally you'll see some uh, orange populate on the map. We've seen some orange in the western portions of the state, but then go back into the red next day. So the numbers are, you know, constantly moving. But right now, you'd have to travel to Menifee and McGoffin counties off in that area of the state in order to be able to find uh, places that are looking a little bit better. But if you check this map again tomorrow, they may be in the red and... Some other county might be uh, in the orange. Mm-hmm. There is a vaccine update. I heard you talking about it last hour, Misty, on Shop mm-hmm. Local Litchfield. There had been some, maybe the thinking was, or maybe it was just hope that people who are 60 and older would get moved a tier, or I guess that would be a sub-tier. Um, they, people 60 and older are going to remain in 1C, and... Um, they had hoped they were going to move basically to one one B. Mm-hmm. Once one B was kind of satisfied, the hope was they would move people sixty plus. But they're leaving sixty plus in one C along with essential workers. 
you know, you've had healthcare workers that have been taken care of, but then you've had the ones deemed essential, of which you know we fall part of. But I, I still think we're probably not as. There's some other essentials that I can certainly think of that go ahead of where we are, but we'll patiently wait uh, our turn. But I also think, talking with some colleagues around the state, I think it's going to be. They're hoping that statewide one C is underway by February first. I think that Grayson County is a little bit unique in that I think we, based upon, we may get to a position where if we have the vaccine, we can move to 1C sooner than maybe our neighbors could or larger communities could because in some cases you've got a lot of where, let's just say you had a a, a person who teaches school that's also a firefighter. Mm -hmm. And so a uh, volunteer firefighter, so that if that was two people, they'd get two vaccines. But because they're a volunteer, they you see what I'm saying? They're in the rural landscape, I think vaccine goes further because right. of the, yeah, because of the yeah. composition of what we're, uh, what we're talking about. So we'll uh, patiently wait and see what happens on that. Uh, did we feel like they got a long way in the schools this week? That's my understanding that they got. I don't have any official word, but I feel like they got 45 to 50% is what is trickling down from some leadership um, in various locations. They feel like you know that's what they've heard. So I do not have an official word from Superintendent Robinson or Josh Embry. Governor Bashir vetoed a bill on assigning lawsuits against the state. In a veto message issued yesterday, uh, actually this was on Wednesday that he issued the message, Governor Bashir said the attempt to steer cases away from the Franklin Circuit Court reflected legislative dissatisfaction with the duly elected judges and their rulings. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's exactly what um, is being reflected because there's a home court advantage for everything in state government when only Franklin Circuit Court what's been called a super circuit, Mm -hmm. gets to decide. And then you've got, listen, I I don't know if you know how this works, but so when you got Franklin Circuit Court and then you got the Kentucky Supreme Court and they're saying, Frankfurt's really a a small town. Let's say you've got, um, you got these judges over here in Franklin Circuit Court and you got the Kentucky Supreme Court judges or, you know, people hanging around Frankfurt. They might all go to the same watering hole, or they might all go to the same lunch counter, or they might be part of the same social club, or they might might go to the same mixers, or whatever that it might be. You you're telling me that there's not a fraternity or a common thread that gets created when you have those types of relationships? Mm-hmm. Of course they do. So why is it bad? Other than you just don't want to give up your home field advantage. Why, why is it bad that from time to time the state would need to defend itself somewhere other than the home court? Like, if if I'm the New York Yankees, I would love to play every game in Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think my success would go way up, but that doesn't mean it's fair to my opponents. So, the governor said, "Oh well." You know, that's going to require a lot of taxpayer dollars to send people all the way to Grayson County to defend somebody on a state. What about the taxpayers who have to go to Frankfurt and fight, you know, the money we have to spend for our case when we go to your place? It just your logic doesn't hunt. Your motives are transparent. The emperor has no clothes. I've always wanted to say that. Does that that apply? (laughs) 
Does the emperor have no clothes? Does that apply? I don't know what that saying means, but I've always wanted that. What does that mean? It kind of feels like a mic drop statement. So, but I don't know that it. That it. I just want what happened to his clothes. Kentucky Kentucky Supreme Court won't have a rehearing on historical race betting. Calling into doubt these paramutual slot machine whatever things. Let's let's call this for what it is as well. This is not paramutual gambling. Okay, when when you go to Churchill Downs or you go to Keeneland, you go wherever you're going to go. I understand people like me are looking at the horses' names, or I might on the daily racing forum be able to see it's like, well, this has done very well the last two races, or at this distance has done well, or I like the color of the silks, or I like the farm, or I like the sire and the dam, or I like like you you can you can do as you can use as much data as you want to formulate your <coughs> decisions to vote mm-hmm. on horses. That's what when we were kids you you vote on horses. You don't bet on horses. But when you go to Kentucky Downs or whatever, and they have these historic racing machines. I'll promise you that 98% of the people that sit down there think they're in front of a slot machine and they're dropping money in there and they're pulling that handle or pressing that button and they're just waiting to see, did I win? They don't care anything about it being a historical race. Game of chance. So let's, it's completely a game of chance. So let's just be honest about that. And it's okay with me if it is. But let's be honest yeah. and transparent about what it mm-hmm. is. Don't word people around. No, just, it's just I, I'm they use this to shoehorn in the mm-hmm. side door, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with the horse, uh, like the horse racing industry, the equine industry. Mm-hmm. The, we need to do what we can to help them. And they're at a competitive disadvantage to decisions being made in Indiana with their casinos, et cetera, et cetera. But let's just not try and misdirect. I didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday because the emperor has no clothes. <laughs> Does the emperor eat turnips? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Could the emperor just call in? Two five nine six thousand. <laughs> Give us a call. Oh, we just well, need to know. You know that's so loaded. I know a guy who knows the emperor. Right. Probably. Uh, that wouldn't go well. He would get a lot of attention. Absolutely. We gotta get to a break. We got plenty more. Sam Gormley stops by with the Cougar Sports Report. Coming up, you're on in the know. Blake Stenson is the general manager at Auto Smart on South Main Street in Litchfield. Good morning, Blake. How are you? I'm good, guys. How about you all? <laughs> we're doing doing very well. Uh, a little warmer yesterday. You were probably out shopping yesterday. No, sir. I was at home uh, NTI with two kids. Oh yeah, you're still Captain NTI. Uh, are you tired yes, of that? Sir. Tired of that yet? Uh, I, I thought I would be a good teacher and coach, but I, I'm second guessing myself now. <laughs> hey, let me ask you: uh, Who are you rooting for in the conference championships this weekend? I'd like to see Green Bay and uh, Kansas City in the Super Bowl. So you want a rematch of Super Bowl one? Yes, sir. All right, that sounds pretty good. What's going on at the dealership we need to know about this week? Well, I'm actually at the auction right now buying some new nice inventory. we got a lot of new ones arriving daily. I've got a uh, 2009 uh, Chevy Silverado priced at only sixteen seven. so come check us out. All right, 270-287-0278. What's the website address? 
It's AutoSmart1.com. Talk to you again real soon, Blake. Thank you so much. That's Blake Sinson. He's the general manager at AutoSmart on South Main Street in Litchfield. Today is the Celebration of Life Day. It is also Hot Sauce Day today. Mm. It's uh, Polka Dot Day today. And it is Blonde Brownie Day today. I love a blonde maple brownie. Yeah, those are those mm, are good. But so good. Save the hot sauce for something else. It's an odd combination at Hot Sauce mm-hmm. Day and Blonde Brownie Day today. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award, two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe. Washington, London, Moscow, and even Short Creek. Sam Gormley. And the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Good. Bringing a little hot there, are you? Yeah, I was gonna say came in, came in a little quick there. That's I, all right. Uh, I got to get used to. I uh, how's uh, how's the as the world turns uh, sports world been going this week? For the last several weeks, it's been uh, okay. These four games have been canceled, but they've been replaced by five more games, and then these. Five games are only going to be 75% of the length of the others, and you can only bring your first cousins, but not your first boy cousins. They can be only your girl cousins, and you have to wear two masks, one on your mouth and one over your ears. Is that about what you've been dealing with? Pretty much, and then you have the games that say that we can't come, but uh, yeah. but other people can come, and then mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, as I described it, as I usually I give Misty at the beginning of every season a full schedule of, this is how it's going to be. You know, maybe there'll be one or two games canceled for snow or whatever it might be. Finally, I got to the point where I'm saying, I'm just going to every Monday, just here's your schedule for the week, and I'll probably have to give you a new one by Wednesday. Yeah, you'll but, have to uh, revise that about yeah, five times. Exactly. Um, well, that's uh, it's been a lot to keep track of, but I know that uh, it's uh, widely welcomed just because of the uh, amount of support that uh, we're seeing uh, for high school athletics and for our coverage of those. What's been happening this week in Cougar sports? Kind of take us back a little bit. Let's start with the boys. Tell me about the the weekend boys basketball. So the boys on Monday, Monday evening, they played Edmondson County. It was their first district game. This one was one of those that got canceled. It was supposed to be the first Friday of the season, like January the 8th or something along the lines of that. But it was canceled, moved to Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and they won 56-50. to Four players finished in double figures in the win, and it was one of those things that Grayson pretty much dominated three quarter, three and a half quarters of the game. And Edmondson made, made a little run there towards the end and was able to bring it to within six, but Grayson was able to hang on. And as Coach Johnston and I said, a win's a win. That's all that matters. Especially against uh, that opponent. You yeah, know, and, into, and, They're all so important. And he said after the game that his team was mad because they felt like they should have won by more. And he says that he, he he's never really had to tell a team <laughs> like it that you should be happy. You just beat Edmondson County a district win. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing good things. I, I've heard uh, River Blanton has had a good week, yes? Yeah, he had twenty career-high 22 against Apollo on Tuesday. In fact, he scored the first 12 points. He had four three-pointers to start in like the first four minutes of the game. We were trying to follow it as we were doing the Lady Cougar game on on Tuesday, but it seems like he had a really good game, 22 points. What do I make of Apollo? I mean, the last few years has been one of those. It just seems like they've kind of been – my impression is that they've been struggling. Yeah. Uh, is it – there's there are just too many schools and 
not enough good athletes to go around, or what do you make of well, that? Well, the year before, so I guess 2018, they were the region champs. Oh, that's true. And since yeah. that point, they've had three three straight years of of just kind of struggling. They're young. They've got a couple really good. I know Coach Johnson said that their lineup is one of the best. Okay. I think it's just getting that depth is the issue. They have a new coach too this year. Sometimes when you see a 63 to 49 Cougar win over an Owensboro school, you that margin goes, well, hey, all right. So what what you know what to make of that? All right, Lady Cougars now below 500 on the season, but some good things happening. Yeah, they've won 3 in a row on Monday. They beat Taylor County 54 to 50. Uh, Rachel Snyder had 26, Reagan Cave had 15, both with new career highs. But really, the, the player that might have stood out was someone Misty knows, Sydney Perkins. She had two big free throws down the stretch to, uh, to to close out that game. And then on Tuesday, they defeated Davis County 58-51. to Rachel Snyder had 18 points and 24 rebounds. I remember. 24. 24. That's, that's, that's a ton. That's, uh, wait a minute, let me figure this out. 24, that's two dozen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, it's some it's astute mathematics being performed on the show today. Uh, I also remember you mentioned Sydney Perkins and her free throws. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing on your uh, graphic that you know she aspires to be to excel at the free throw line, knowing that she's likely to find herself in that spot late in games as a ball handler when teams have to foul. She's likely to, if you got the ball in the hands in, in your hands, you're likely to get fouled and go to the line and. Nice to be able to know that you can deliver for your team in a pressure situation like that. As a freshman, yeah. too. That's, that's maybe the most important thing. All right, tonight, uh, doubleheader. Uh, Grayson County hosts Whitesville in a uh, district doubleheader. And um, what, do you, what do you make of it? Girls game first? Girls game first. So Lady Cougars 3-4, and four, Whitesville Trinity 1-2. and two. Uh, Lady Cougars uh, have won their last three games, and really the difference in that has been Annie Kuyper. She was injured in the first half of the Edmondson County game, and without her, she's the defensive force. She's kind of like the glue that, that holds together that defense. She doesn't necessarily score a lot, but she does the little things that don't show up in, in, the, in the stat sheet. Um, but Rachel Snyder, she's the only player in the third region right now, girls basketball averaging a double-double. She's averaging 16.4 and 13.3 rebounds a game. But on the other side, you got Whitesville Trinity, and obviously if you followed this series over the past couple of years, you know Cassidy Morris. She's averaging 15-8 and eight this year in 10 career games against the Lady Cougars. She's averaging 18.2 points per game. So she's only a junior, too. So she's still got at least four more games. Oh, anything to draw from the fact that the Lady Cougars have played seven games. The Lady Raiders have played three games. They dealt with some uh, COVID issues. So I think that they had a couple opponents. Like they were supposed to play Muhlenberg County on Tuesday earlier this week. And that Muhlenberg County has yet to play a game this season. And then the first week they had a game against Catholic and a game against Butler County canceled. I guess there's a difference in losing your opponent and then losing your ability to practice if you have to pause. You know, if you have to pause, you lose valuable instruction time. You lose conditioning time, et cetera. But it still can't help that you lose your opponents and you don't get to test your skill or your progress against another team. So I guess it's we're still probably trying to figure out how good Whitesville Trinity may or may not be, especially on the girls' side. Correct. And, I mean, Morris is, is a tough player, and they got Josie All, a shooter on the outside. It's a good combo. Now, is it just coincidence? Like, is Whitesville trying to schedule doubleheaders for everything? Because when I look down at the boys, they've also <laughs> played three games. Yes. They they dealt with some COVID issues, I think, within their program. All right. So they uh, they both played Cloverport on Saturday, and that's how they both got their wins. And then they played 
Edmondson, but I think they both their first game were against different opponents. The girls played Russellville, and I can't remember who the boys played. Gotcha. But uh, River Blanton leading the Cougars, Chandler McCready as well. For Whitesville, it's Landon Huff and Denver Dickens. Uh, Cougars, if they win tonight, they'll clinch you the one or the two seed because this year in district standings, only the first game counts. Right. So, I mean, this is a big chance to go 2-0 and with a uh, matchup against Butler on Friday. It's, weird, on it's Monday. Weird, weird to say a 2-0 and is a commanding lead, but 2-0 and in the district this early would definitely be And then you clinch it on Monday lead. against Butler. Yeah, already and turn around. It's, you know, it, we think that it's uh, the season just got started, and it did, but the end of the season will be here sooner than you might realize. Yeah, district, but, district tournaments March 15th. Especially with pauses, potential pauses and scheduling. Uh, changes after we get through today in the doubleheader with Whitesville. What's on the horizon ahead for La- the two teams? Lady Cougars host Larue tomorrow afternoon on the Moose. Uh, Monday you got a doubleheader at Butler County six and seven forty-five. You know that second game just kind of depends. Both on K one hundred five, and then on Tuesday, Lady Cougars travel to Ohio County. That game will be at seven on the Moose. Boys were scheduled to play Larue County on that Tuesday. But uh, that game, that Larue County game, has been moved to like February twenty second, something along the lines of that. Later on in the month of February, since you stopped by, um, some big off season news, not not directly involving Cougar football, but certainly connected to Cougar football in in a way. Uh, Edmondson County has a new football coach. They do. In case you needed any more. To, to light a fire under the rivalry. I mean, I've called this one of the better rivalries that I've experienced, and I think it's only going to get better. Uh, and if you want to make it even better, the two teams are going to play each other the first game of the season this year. You so, you spent a lot of time in the Twitter sphere. Um, have you been able to – what's been your impression, what's been your takeaway from this news within the programs or within the schools? I think that there's a lot of excitement on Edmondson County's side. For I mean, for good reason. I mean, when you can hire a, a coach who's has, I mean, almost 20 years of head coaching experience, he's won at a school that's similar to Edmondson County in a way, you know, it's student makeup and so on. Um, I think that there's excitement, and I think Grayson County. I also saw a couple people use the the Rick Patino, and I think you even use the Rick Patino. Uh, is that's just kind of how it is. It's like, oh wow, of all schools you choose, it's that one. But um, I mean, good luck. I think it is what a lot of people are thinking, you know. Uh, I hope you lose. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's what they're game. saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, true. Touche, touche. That's, touche. that's, that's what touche. they're saying. Uh, the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, much maybe as they should, apparently are going to finish the college basketball season. Um, Did they ever start it? I, don't, I think we're still waiting. <laughs> uh, of course, they got, you know, they got beat on an inbound play at Georgia the other night, but it just, you know, shows – more immaturity, but what do you make? Um, what's your What's your take of the on the UK basketball season so far? How much time you got? Not a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what you really can say. I think it's just more that there's just there's no way to just mesh this team together, and I think that's Cal's biggest issue is that mm-hmm. there's and then they don't have a guy that can go and. Do it if, if that makes sense. Like he doesn't have a toddler hero. He doesn't have an Emmanuel quickly that can go out there and drop twenty five when they need him to and just put the team on the back. The Aaron Fox, Malik Monk. Exactly. Yeah, there is not. You thought that was going to be BJ Boston, but mm-hmm. uh, and he showed it against Georgia a little bit. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Dante Allen is not that kind of player. I know you heard me say this week. I hope no one makes any rash decisions 
as a result of this season. I think at the end of the year, you need to set this thing over to its side and review everything on the whole rather than just reviewing this one particular season. Is that is that your thought process? Oh, 100%. People that are saying fire Calipari are – I probably can't say – what I actually think, but yeah, no, I mean that's stupid. Well, like, on the on the other side of that too, I hope that Cal also doesn't decide. That he goes, hey, you know, this is more hassle than it's worth. And and I think you know, that a, a lot of this is if they would have gone to the Elite Eight last year, if there would have been an NCAA tournament, and I think they were an Elite Eight or a Final Four team, yeah. and this would have happened this year, would would fans feel a little different? I this, think not having the tournament really hurt the season that never happened. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a, absolutely. It's a it's a good point. Um, and uh, quickly, Buccaneers or Packers. Packers, Bills or Chiefs? Uh, if Mahomes plays, Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, even with even if Henny plays, I think it's uh, he's pretty much count on the Chiefs. Thanks for stopping by, Sam. Absolutely. Good luck with your coverage tonight. Got a double header at uh, Grayson County High School. Have that for you across all of our platforms. Got to get to a break. More on the way here on M and O. All odd numbers contain the letter E. I did not know that. One, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. Want me to keep going? Mm -hmm. You do? How long you got? How long you want to sit here today? I mean, how long do you want to? Hmm. How much breath you got? Well, I'll have to have lunch about 11 o'clock. Okay. So take right. a break for that. You can but, reach uh, get, lunch. get back at it and just spend all weekend doing it. Uh, I got a couple of headlines that I definitely want to get to today because we've, pro- we've finally been proven right for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't. 11 years. I can't miss the opportunity. We gotta, we've got to absolutely, um, take, uh, get our, uh, Credit where credit is due segment in today. Uh, Netflix has found a clever way. I'm sure you were happy to hear Bridgerton renewed for season two. Probably came at no surprise. So exciting. Something so successful and something from Shonda Rhimes. The, there's apparently a, is there a narrator? Yes. Okay. Kind of, yes. Is the narrator is Lady Whistledown? Whistledown, yeah. And um, is she voiced by by Julie Andrews always, or just for the renewal announcement? Do you know? You know, if that is her, I didn't realize that was her in season one. The announcement was made in the form of a letter from the show's narrator, Lady Whistledown, voiced by Mary Poppins icon wow. Julie Andrews, and it says the ton are abuzz with the latest gossip, and it's so it is my honor to impart to you, Bridgerton shall officially return for a second season. I do hope you have stored a bottle of Ratafia. You know what that is? Is that a thing? Uh, it must be a, Brid- a Bridgerton thing. For this uh, delightful occasion, and then she goes on. I don't remember them talking about it, but. Um, there's the. I was a little distracted with. The new there's, the actual, <laughs> there's, there's the actual. There's the actual thing. There. Lady Whistledown is the town gossip in newspaper form, but nobody knows oh, who she I is. I see. Oh, okay. But everybody thrives on what she's, she's talking about All right. in her. Right. Okay. Yeah. Tiger Woods is not thrilled about the HBO documentary recounting his scandal, according to a source. No, sure. he, he wouldn't be. No. Uh, I didn't realize when I started watching that this was not a Tiger Woods uh, endorsed 
or approved or like I will tell you if you've not watched it yet, don't go into it thinking this is the Michael Jordan documentary. Um, the Michael Jordan documentary was was very honest and it was very mm-hmm. revealing. But Michael Jordan didn't quite have a scandal like Tiger Woods did. Mm-hmm. And there were things certainly in episodes one and two but uh, that I had no idea happened throughout this scandal. Uh, so, for instance, I, uh, this, this won't be a spoiler, but I had no idea that in 2007, 8, and 9, Tiger Woods was working out with Navy SEALs and going through combat training after he lost his dad because it was a connection to the armed forces because he like he was getting like physically abused and beaten with bruises and things and he he told Steve Williams his caddy at the time he was thinking about quitting professional golf and becoming a navy seal it's just a grief i guess it's so there's so much story and substory to that entire it's about three hours in total it's in two parts and there was a lot of information in there that i had no idea and i'm a tiger woods fan yeah so you walk away feeling the same different indifferent about tiger woods i just informed okay um uh, but it does it does it does uh bring you back to the masters of 2019 like it finishes it's the entire journey it's from the time he walked on that talk show as a baby Uh you know and showed what he could do until walking up the 18th fairway obviously going to be the winner of the masters in 2019 those are the bookends and it's got all the nitty-gritty of everything in between from his first girlfriend to all the various girlfriends and i'm sure they're thrilled with that it's um it's it's also the way it's written and edited yeah. is very like you lean in because all of a sudden this girl walks onto the screen the Rachel Ucatel and she says you wanted me to talk about what and then that's the end of the first episode like who's this what's she getting ready to say it was <laughs> Who are you it was fascinating <laughs> so it's, if he uh, didn't endorse this and help create this where does the content come from that goes that deep yeah it's um um. Well, a lot of it's on background. Um, there's an interesting revelation in there about the National Enquirer that I don't want to spoil for you, but the National Enquirer was almost the catalyst okay. that we would have known about a lot of this sooner if the National Enquirer hadn't struck a deal with the Woods team. So it does show you the National Enquirer is for sale if you'll yeah. do something for them that will. <laughs> and so there was just a lot of good information in there that I found. I was like, hey, okay. this is uh, just really informative. It's stuff that you just didn't didn't know as yeah. a result okay. of it. And then uh, lastly, as we get to break, Adele reaches a divorce settlement with her ex, Simon Konecki, nearly two years after the split. All right. Now, get in there and Show turn that album music. loose right. so we can start buying it, and he can get his cut of whatever you all settled. Yeah, because apparently, sadly to say, she works best during heartbreak. Absolutely. Bring on the music. Bring on the music. He's taking it to a break. We'll come back. Finish it up for the week here on In the Know. MB's point to ponder for today. Apparently, a fierce debate on Twitter has broken out that puzzled me, and I thought, well, am I wrong on this? So, on showering, 
Face forward or not? Both. Yeah, right? All right. So let me set rotate. this up for you. Uh, a Alice who, um, yeah, we'll just call her Alice. She says, help me settle a debate. It's normal to shower with your back to the shower, right? Not facing the water. And then says, uh, one person responds, it depends on if you're washing your hair or not. If yes, then back to showering when rinsing, otherwise face shower. And then uh, uh, another person was baffled by that. I didn't know showering without washing your hair was even a thing. Well, I happen to know that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't impact me, but I've seen it executed. It's what shower caps are for. Mm -hmm, Right. And another said, surely everyone faces away or the water goes in your face. A third person said, always back to the shower. Always back to the shower. Should never, ever wash your face in there as most folks have the water too hot. Um, I, I can't do either, said a fourth person. I have to take the hose off and move it over me. Oh, you got one of those fancy showers. Oh, yeah, uh, I like those. Right. But, then, yeah. but then we came to me. Doesn't everyone change position in the shower to rinse the shower gel off both the front and back of their bodies, or is it just me? Well, of course. You don't. Yeah. Right? It needs to if be like a 360-degree. Yeah. <laughs> We've even got a little teak stool to take a break. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> work on the feet, shave a comfort the legs. Station. A comfort yes, station. a comfort. Just oh, I to break. I mean, there's candy cigarettes in there and everything. Just uh, take uh, a break. Also, it's working. More people have moved to Tennessee in 2020 than any other state. It's we working. told them. It's we working. told them to go. Go to Tennessee, <laughs> D.C. We're throwing you in Tennessee, uh, D.C., and they're doing it. Yeah. And so it's working. It's interesting. Uh, according to U-Haul, they were able to track that and yeah. say there have been more U-Hauls end up in Tennessee. So I guess U-Hauls are stacking up on top of one another like <laughs> like Rick Wood mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's eastern, central and eastern, that direction. Yeah, everybody's trying to get away from everyone. Uh, on television tonight, Little Women Atlanta, season six premiere on Lifetime. Uh, on Lifetime tomorrow, the premiere of uh, Salt and Peppa, a docu-series on them. Uh, then on Sunday... On Fox, it's the NFL Conference Championship. On CBS, it's the AFC Conference Championship. So who are you taking? Florida Gulf Coast uh, Cuisine at Fondue. I'm taking Fondue. Or Buffalo Wings at Kansas City Barbecue. I'm going to go barbecue. I'm just so... uh, Yeah, I guess. All right. It doesn't really matter. It's going to work out how it's going to work out. Uh, today's highlight of history, this day, 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court in its Roe v. Wade decision declared a nationwide constitutional right to abortion. In 1901, Britain's Queen Victoria died at age 81 after a reign of 63 years. George Foreman upset reigning heavyweight champion Joe Fraser in 1973. The Senate confirmed yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I was running through the list of important political women in my lifetime that I could immediately. And as I was running through the list, I thought, I'm missing someone. I'm missing someone. Madeleine Albright Mm -hmm. was the nation's first female secretary of state this date in 1997. She was one that I go because she's the inspiration Mm -hmm. for the Taya Leone show, Madam Secretary. Secretary. So I did not mention Madeleine Albright yesterday. Let's see. Birthdays today. Steve Perry is 72 today. Wow. Okay. You know how he's going to celebrate? Any way he wants it, that's the way he needs it. Any way he wants it is going to be his birthday celebration. Linda Blair is 62. DJ Jazzy Jeff is 56. Celebrity chef Guy Fieri is 53 today. Must be hard to buy gifts for. I mean, who? 
What do you buy for the guy who annoys everyone? <laughs> Balthazar Getty was born this uh, was born is uh, forty six. I got to tell you though, the best burger ever is the Gaffari, or uh, the Gaffari, whatever you Fieri? want, Fieri, yeah. on Carnival cruise ships. Maybe, but he's annoying. I don't care. Burgers are good. Fifteen sixty one, Sir Francis Bacon. Thank you for your thank you for your bacon, Sir Francis. Fifteen sixty one, Lord Byron in seventeen eighty eight. Sam Cooke in 1931, Bill Bixby in 1934. So you might know the Incredible Hulk is Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. but Bill Bixby made famous the line, don't make me angry. Oh, yeah, that's right. You won't like me when I'm angry. Mm. Get it, Bill Bixby. I'll put you in a trunk. He was a cousin to Tom Dooley, by the way. <laughs> Doesn't that sound right? Bill Bixby and Tom Dooley would be first cousins? Yes. I don't know. Oh, Elizabeth Moodadier is 30 tomorrow. All right. Uh, happy birthday happy to birthday. Elizabeth. Uh, those are all the gone but not forgotten. Let's go to chart toppers. Let's go to 1961. Ferrante and teacher to share. Sorry, I wasn't living in 1961 when this is number one. This song is called Exodus. Before the spoken word was invented, mm-hmm. 1961. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were still using cave drawings then to communicate. Mm-hmm. I think they did have elevators, which is what inspired <laughs> this piece to come about, though. <laughs> so that was that was good of them. Yeah. Let's go to Escalators 1970. 1970. Oh, we're... Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Raindrop, keep falling on my head. BJ Thomas. Nothing seems to fit those I like to remind people one of the few true celebrities who have performed in Grayson County. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen. If you can, um, what was the what was the TV show? Mike Seaver, Mike and Carol. And growing Pains. Growing Pains. Pain. If, yeah. if you sing the Growing Pains theme song, you're a real celebrity in my book. Especially while the show was on. Right? That's right. Like, that's yeah. about the time frame. Was Probably. I, this is early '80s. Yeah. He was here. Rod Stewart, number one in '79. I don't know if you all heard the news this week or not, but uh, apparently we've learned that Rod Stewart and Elton John have mended fences. Oh, good. Right? Duet? No, that's not the name of their duet. <laughs> but they apparently were at odds. Well, I'm saying duet with one the another. They should duet. Uh, maybe. Although Elton John doesn't want to do anything anymore. He certainly doesn't want to sing Crocodile Rock. I don't blame him. No. you got to go up top for that. In excess was number one this date in '88 with Need You Tonight. That's okay. So slide away and give me a moment. You made us so wrong. I've got to let you know. I've got to let you know. Ever wonder what NXS would have done if Michael Hutchins had continued living? Yeah, I don't know. No. Them and Depeche Mode both loved. Out of that air. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Depeche Mode. Mm. Let's go to 1997. Faith Hill was number one with It Matters to Me. 
In 06, the Pussycat Dolls stick with you. And in 2015, Hozier was number one. Six years ago today with Take Me to Church. Yell that out on Sunday morning. Somebody will give you a ride. <laughs> Take me to church. All right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. If only we'd stop trying to be happy, we could have a pretty good time. If only we'd stop trying to be happy, we could have a pretty good time. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of our show. For Misty Thomas, for B, 